0: Hey everyone and welcome to this Vassals of Kingsgrave regal edition of (laughs) reviewing season four of Netflix's lavishly produced show The Crown. My name is Bina 007, you may refer to me as Your Majesty or Your Serene Highness, take your pick. (laughs) Um, I will be your host today and I'm joined by um, Hannah. Hey, it's Shadow Baby on the forums. (laughs) Alias.
1: Hey, this is Zach. I am the Duke of Wessex in Crusader Kings 3.
0: <laughs> by Jock.
2: Hello, I'm Jock. of um, the President's Men is my poor name.
0: <laughs> and by Mary.
3: Hi, Mary. And I'm Mary on the Discord, and I'm not going to say a title because I have no imagination. <laughs>
0: Okay, so we're going to be discussing The Crown. I would assume there will be spoilers for all four seasons, but obviously for season four. Season four of The Crown starts in 1977 and runs to 1990. So that broadly takes in the reign of Margaret Thatcher. Um, It covers topics uh, politically such as the um, terrible Republican um, terrorism that occurred during that period and also the police response to that. It covers the very nasty recession that the United Kingdom experienced in the early 80s. It covers the UK's war with Argentina over the Falklands Islands. And from a royal perspective, it covers the um, marital problems of Prince Hassan, the marriage and then marital problems of Prince Charles. Um, And we see obviously the ageing royals, um, the Queen Prince Philip and Princess Margaret. So before we get into the themes and the character arcs of this season maybe we can all start with our ratings so I will what should we designate as our as our um, object of ratings maybe corgis how many corgis <laughs> out of a out of a pack of 5 you give it <laughs> and maybe I'm not sure how far we did vox on the previous season so maybe you can say not only how many corgis out of 5 you give this season but where you would place it you know whether you enjoyed it more or less than previous seasons so let's start maybe
1: with avius sure um so for me i have been watching the show as it's been coming out and i've enjoyed it a lot the whole project is really cool to me just going throughout history in this manner is really fun and i think um i think the season was really good and the material is really good and it's cool to see these characters where they're at in their life now i do think there is kind of a concern with a show as it gets closer to actual contemporary reality where especially with this uh, this Diana stuff, which just to share some context on like where I'm coming from, like I don't know much about this stuff. I, of course, know of the popularity of Diana and this material and how important it is to a lot of people. But I think there's a certain concern about like trying to like hit all the greatest hits of stuff that we've seen happen actually in our real lives. And I think that kind of limits the show maybe in some ways. But I still really enjoyed the season, and I'm curious to see how it plays out, that even closer material as it continues. I think there's only going to be one more season if I... If I've heard correctly, um, but yeah, for this I'll give it I'll give it four out of five corgis. It was good. It wasn't my favorite season of them all, but I I did enjoy it a lot.
4: Okay, that's fair. Um, Hannah, how about you? Well, I'm going to be contrarian and I'm going to give it uh, four out of five Balmoral stags instead of corgi.
0: <laughs> Very good.
4: Um, I uh, I really enjoyed this one. I I think probably more than seasons two and three. So I think I'm going to put it up there with season one as far as ranking they're pretty even for me i the casting this time that girl i don't know her that plays diana corn, it's, ch- I think it's, ch- nice. it's chilling yeah, particularly, particularly in voice it's spooky it's really spooky and, and her, she nailed all the mannerisms i mean really uh, and and also the the kid that plays charles is dead on i mean really well done with all the casting um and the production value has always been fantastic but i think they just really nailed it and creating the narrative and the look and feel of the time while still being very modern digital photography um fantastic so i really enjoyed it i I cleared it in one day one straight sitting
0: (laughs) i love it um mary how about you um, I think I would
3: actually give it um, three point five corgis if you can cut corgis in half, which you shouldn't <laughs> do. That's horrific. <laughs> um, no corgis uh, were harmed in
0: the making of this episode. <laughs>
2: <listeners>. Yes, please.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I guess I'm I'm uh, more and more uncomfortable uh, uh, with with how contemporary it is, uh, as Zach was saying, um, and. How probably it it was also not very not always accurate in the previous seasons, but some, somehow it it um it struck me more in this season and always I was more uncomfortable with it because because the people who live through this um are actually still alive. And I, I, I can't help but think um what what this must be like to watch for um for the, the 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 royal princes for um for anyone who was involved in this story at the time and sometimes it's some, somehow it's worse than when it was uh, 60 years ago Mm. um so like it was really compelling i was really into it and i watched it quickly as uh, as well but a bit uncomfortable with it so um i wouldn't exactly say yes i've enjoyed it but uh, it's complicated so in in the whole series i guess i preferred the the first seasons just because it was a bit more historic and a bit less about relationships basically It, it was still but I guess there were also more historically related uh, episodes and we haven't had a lot of those uh, in this season. I mean, there's the Falklands War and there's things with thatcher but it's it's not exactly the same uh, as the historical events that were in the previous seasons
0: yeah i agree with that i think this is more soap opera because it it has that relationship at the at the foreground the, the charles diana relationship even the queen actually isn't necessarily yeah. in the foreground of the season so it is less about the history um jock over to you
2: yeah i'd probably give about maybe four or five stags again um uh... I think it's uh, pretty much all what Millie said. Like I was mostly watching it for historical stuff, and I'm um, not as big into the inclusion of um, the more relationship side of things. Mm. um have... that 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 said, like all the acting was fantastic, and productions were all brilliant, and it's very pretty. Like uh, especially the woman who played Diana, and also Gillian Anderson mm. and Thatcher was pretty great.
0: Yeah, I think it's one of the most beautifully put together shows on TV, and I I don't know what the budget is per episode, but especially with Diana, all her iconic outfits, recreating them, um, quite, quite phenomenal. Um, I think I'm with all of you, actually. I think, you know, I'd rate it incredibly highly. I think it was gripping. I watched it in a day and a half, probably would have binged it all the way through, but my husband would have left me. I'm not being a monarchist. I really enjoyed it. (laughs) to me, in a sense, it's ghoulish because this is the first season that is my life, mm. so. You know, I was in primary school during the royal wedding and we had to make, very happily, you know, we did little, you know, celebratory stuff for it. And I remember sitting watching both that royal wedding very avidly and also the wedding of Prince Andrew later in that decade. Um, The British people, quite sadly, have been subjected to the psychodrama of Charles and Diana's marriage. So every twist and turn played out in the tabloids you know i feel that a lot of those iconic shots and the interviews which i'm sure we'll get in the next season are things we almost know by heart right even that famous panorama interview so it was very spooky seeing it but it's also familiar because i feel that peter morgan who is the showrunner on on the crown has trod this ground before he did a a play the audience which was about the queen and her prime ministers so that a lot of the thatcher dialogue with the queen comes from that those of us who um have seen his film um, that's basically set in the period after diana's death will notice a lot of similarity with the stalking at balmoral and some of the scenes there so like i've seen parts of it before and i did find it obeys okay, it's people that are alive people that will be king presumably the next season has to go to diana's yeah. death, right i mean there's not much left otherwise what's going on with princess anne and princes edward and andrew and how they dealt with andrew given how controversial he is now and Prince then the other one name. i thought yeah Then i thought the other sort of more minor topic but still a very interesting one was um, what was going on with princess margaret the queen mother um so do you want to do the minor royals first should we do should we do the lesser the lesser children the non-inheriting children first <laughs>
1: Sounds good.
0: So we get Princess Anne, who, as we all know, is Prince Philip's favourite, an Olympic equestrian, married to another Olympic equestrian and wondering whether that's going to be problematic. And evidently in a rather unhappy marriage, which isn't essayed very much, we have Prince Andrew, who by this point is in the armed forces and apparently loving it, a bit of a show off um not yet getting married dating Ku stark who's a soft porn actress and it's intimated that he's the queen's favorite and then we get prince edward who describes an absolutely horrific bullying childhood um in school and all three of them with rather distant relationships to her Madge. um any takes on, on on this trio of apparently what's the word that prince Philip y- uses they're all lost the children are all lost well charles I, is lost i feel he like he always has been <laughs> but these three are lost too. what do you think
2: I, I feel like the queen having to like schedule time which is like schedule time with my children and give me a dossier i'm like what <laughs> they're like like just sort of says it all
0: <laughs> the briefing note, yeah, that's. I mean, because you have the latitude to actually have a do-over as a parent. but seems to have spent really no much more, not much more time with them than the first two.
1: Yeah, with um, Anne, I think she's actually one of the most fun characters in the show. Like, just because, unlike a lot of the characters that are embroiled in the drama, she just kind of is standing away from it. So you just appreciate her snarkiness and just seemingly being more level-headed. She's presented. So she's a she's a great character, both in this season and the one before it. But for um, Andrew and Edward, like we only see them for like five minutes, (laughs) it feels like. And I think they're just they seem terrible, like from how they're presented. They just don't seem like appealing people and they seem like they're internalizing a lot of the bad things that happened to them in their life and they're going to take it out on other people. It's just, I don't know. It's not great.
0: Yeah. But but there's a a cold, hard cynicism to Edward that I found surprising. And insofar as he said, Oh yes, I'll get into Cambridge university because why wouldn't I? I'm I'm a prince. You know,
4: I found that rather galling.
2: Remember our family is no different than anyone else.
4: (laughs) (laughs) I like Anne. uh, First of all, again, just a stunning portrayal. When you watch like side by side of her, it's, remarkable mm, the similar you actress. know um, but i love her as a character I, I you know i um them being the lessers you know and again i grew up in the era of um sarah ferguson you know the yorks divorcing and the the whales is divorcing and then diana's death so i don't i don't know much about any of them personally edward and but uh the way she's portrayed in the show she just seems seems like even though she straight of the crown as everyone else in her family she's still the most like sober very shrewd sure of herself and if she had only been for, born first, yeah, you know what I mean, if like, and and if, if succession could work that way, she would be much more. She just seems like she's got, you know, the the chin for it. Um, and oh, I really like. I, I think a lot. Glad... Of,
0: I think a lot of British monarchists would agree with you. They'd much rather have Anne.
4: Had... Yeah. Um. I was glad that they didn't completely because I was curious. Are they going to just sidestep Andrew and you know yeah. cancel him totally? So I was a little still like creeped out. Um. Just the whole thing right now is really creepy (laughs) but i was glad they didn't try to just cancel and rewrite history and um were bold enough to just this is this is what happened then we're not talking about what's happening now um and i don't think they 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 really painted him and that's the thing is i don't think they painted him though as this like future creep necessarily i don't you know what i mean i think it was a a brief but more or less i guess fair depiction um but again I, i don't really know him I do think think that it was wrong when at the end they said that he was her favorite because I thought she would come around to the conclusion I came around, your favorite child is the monarchy. Your favorite child is England. (laughs) I agree.
3: Clearly. Um, I think they they showed something that's interesting to me that he is already very creepy and and, um, damaged, but not much is said about it. And you can still imagine what, he would have been um if if something had been done um had been done at this point. Like um he he's not he's not a complete psychopath, you know, you, you could still get something from him um if I don't know if but um it 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 was um, it was well done, I think. Like not too much and not nothing. Uh, and I think they had to address it in a way, and they they did leave him in, uh, I think, uh, on purpose. Uh, I think it was very very deliberate.
2: Yeah, I mean, he he came off as sort of like the um, I don't know, like the <clears throat> chauvinistic playboy. Um, I mean, obviously not like great man of character sort of sort of ideals, but like didn't necessarily come across as you know the, the things that we're we're seeing now. So
3: Yeah. And funnily enough, um I actually knew uh Princess Anne uh Princess Anne's daughter. Uh, oh! because I'm a well not new but <laughs> new of her because I'm a I'm a, I'm a horse rider as well. I did uh horse riding competitions and stuff and um uh, and I've watched it's one of the sports, the few sports I watch actually um and her daughter is also uh, a horse rider and a competitor um a professional uh so i knew of her uh before and, and I, I, I remember going going on wikipedia and be like okay who's she in the in the royal family um but it uh, i remembered that like halfway through the season i was like oh yeah right that name yes <laughs> so <laughs> this was a the nice I'm with you all, I love and the best probably, uh, but also because of that, I, I
0: love uh, I love that. And she's very popular her. too. So Zara Tyndall yeah. is also very popular because she always seems very, you know, very good fun and she's married a rugby player. They seem very happy. It does rather feel like Princess Anne's children, although the son is now divorced, but very amicably and they co-parent very well. And it just feels like her two children are very well adjusted. And I think that probably speaks to Princess Anne. I'm not sure she would have raised them particularly warmly, but certainly they seem a lot more well-adjusted yeah Um, and she's I think it's fair to say that people in England hold her very fondly and um, there's a lot more respect toward her than many other of the royal family because she works so hard and she does a lot of the rather unglamorous day in day out um royal duties so um I think Princess Anne I think we'd all agree would be would have been a nice heir to the queen but it was not to be I do wonder though how how much in real life and indeed in the show she's the better adjusted of the three lesser children because she did at least have the love of Prince Philip you know he j- that bit where they're you know she's putting on her coat Balmoral to go out and he's like you know don't give up on your Olympic career just to appease a, a guy who's you know not your equal I found that quite touching so she at least had that I, mean, I was also surprised the by the queen
1: she... um, saying that that Andrew was her favorite because she seems like she Anne is the only one she wants to actually spend time with in the show. Like she doesn't seem to want to ever actually interact with any of her other kids unless on an, an actual formal occasion. But mm-hmm. Anne, she actually mm-hmm. does stuff with. I think it well, comes
3: from the fact that Anne, um, at least when when she divorces her uh, husband, she is kind of part of the household, right? So when she sees uh, her sister and her mother, uh, often you have Anne with them. Uh, and I think it's more circumstantial than really uh, something um, that the Queen specifically wants. But uh, I, I might be wrong.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think it's interesting that, you know, for this period, Andrew was at boarding school then in the armed forces. So he wouldn't have been around as much. But it is interesting that although they cover the Falklands War, they don't cover his his service. Because at the time, I mean, that was a big part of the tabloid coverage. Brave Prince Andrew off with the troops. Um, So he's definitely been downplayed. And maybe that's a weakness of the writing or a restriction on the writing. Because they can't really show him being the Queen's favourite. Because they would have to show him more and you know, they would have to show the Queen's lack of judgment, I guess, and not seeing that he was problematic. Because I think there is an implication that because he he has always been her favorite and very indulged, that he's probably grown up with a sense of entitlement that he can get away with whatever he wants. And that leads him to where he is today, you know, still probably entirely confused as to why he's been dumped by the family and what exactly he's done wrong. I don't think he feels any remorse. I don't think he really knows what he's done wrong, um, which comes from Ron the royal indulgence, I guess. Anything else on the lesser royals?
2: Is this the obligatory point where we we ask if, uh, if, if Charles can just be skipped? He could just step aside on this one
0: he, he, he can step aside um but i don't maybe, think he will he's, got a he be, he, he, he's like it'll be my 10 years as king
2: like okay dude <laughs> <laughs> just come on i think
0: i think it's i think the queen's gonna cling on and on and just hopefully yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's gonna cor- be coronated at I say it
4: again. <laughs> life life. is sidestepping him
2: (laughs) for for the good of the realm charles just just you lost this one well does it actually
1: matter i'm actually curious about this like how much does it matter who is the monarch now
0: hugely if okay. you want the monarch, if you want the monarchy to survive, I mean, right.
1: that's the yeah. thing, right? Yeah.
0: I mean, I, I, we'll get to it with the death of Diana in the next season, but the, the monarchy came very perilously close to not being supported. I mean, it exists in this miasma of, you know, it's, it's a very perilous thing to be a monarch. Um, what's interesting is in modern day, I suspect that the Queen is most close to Prince Edward because she's very close to his wife, Sophie Wessex. So these things do change. Um, okay, so that's the storyline of The Lesser Kids, which is pretty much, I would say, supporting characters this season. And even the marriage of Ch- um, Prince Philip and the Queen, which was a big part of seasons one and two, is very much just taken as read that he's supportive. So the other big royal storyline um, is that of princess margaret who we've obviously seen in season one not being allowed to marry group captain um peter um townsend townsend and then we've seen her make in season two the disastrous marriage the utter cunt of a husband that she married tony armstrong jones who just treated her abominably and then i guess in season three she just goes off the rails with drink and drugs And um, I guess we see her meet Roddy Llewellyn last season or this season. But effectively, she's, she's just older and alone. And they've portrayed her in this season as being very sad very lowly perhaps the only one who truly understands the predicament that Charles Camilla and Diana are in so from that perspective rather sympathetically um and she has an episode wherein she discovers that she has some cousins on her maternal side who are very harshly put in a i guess a residential care home for people with severe mental disability and that they were locked out of sight because if there was seen as being hereditary disease, it could have damaged the claim to the throne of her sister. Her and her sister. So she gets an episode where she's seen as having incredibly progressive views as regards people who have disability, um, and, and in a very sympathetic light. How did you all find Princess Margaret this season?
4: Love her, and I don't. I don't really care for Helena Bonham Carter that much, but she's nailing it. She's yeah, she's good in it. this. Yeah, she's really dynamic and very sympathetic while being tough and ballsy and I just it I don't again, I don't know that much about Margaret as a person, but if she's like that, it makes me really admire her in many ways, you know. Mm-hmm.
1: I do think she kind of gets pushed to the side this season and that's kind of a thematic point, right? As we get in that episode, you're describing, we learn that she is not part of mm-hmm. like the high HRH or whatever the people they actually get to do things. I don't know the actual mechanics of it, uh, but we see her getting pushed to the side, and we see her kind of discovering this this hidden, terrible secret about her family and its mental health struggles that she's dealing with and i think that all is good most part in most of the episodes i think she is kind of just a background character frankly uh for a lot of the time she does yeah. get some moment in the belmoral test episode where she's talking to thatcher and she's like talking about queen victoria's chair and telling her all the things that she should do great interaction that she gets
0: there yeah i mean i love helena Bonata as princess margaret and i love this fictional princess margaret and probably um differently able people but also the entire countries at that point and even up until princess Margaret. Was- Anything like that. Anything like a sympathetic. I think she was incredibly thwarted. Per, um, A very person, actually. And I think by the time we get in smoking herself into an early grave, and I don't think she would have had anything like the kind of it's a brilliant read which talks about her, it totally um, recasts my view of her romance with the group captain because it points out he knew her from 13 and was clearly, she was in love with him from 16 and stuff was probably going on at the time he was like in his mid thirties and that he he then having not married her went on to marry a show jumper who was even younger than him, than her and just had this sort of reputation for going after 14 year old women who, or young girls who looked good on horseback. So Craig Brown almost alleges that she was groomed by him and exploited by him and never got over it and that she had a very sad life but she was definitely very elitist and definitely um, very high-handed and very arrogant so I'd, I'd strongly recommend that book I think this this portrayal is the furthest from the truth actually I really do I think it smacks of Peter Morgan trying to make a point about how the royal family treated its disabled relatives rather than anything truthful about Princess Margaret's Right,
1: she's just kind of used as the vehicle to explore that. and It's not necessarily accurate to use that.
0: Yeah, I think so. Um, but I think there's a deep truth about people who start close to the crown and get spun out. And I think that's a lot of what's happening with Harry and why Harry's left, because I think he's the Princess Margaret, right? You start off as the sibling of a king and you're very important and in the limelight. And as your brother gets married and has kids, suddenly you're now sort of fifth, sixth in line to the throne and getting further and further away. And I think he's going through some of that himself. So I think it's interesting from that perspective. Anything else on Princess Margaret?
4: Yeah, uh, can I... Uh, so this phrase, friend of Dorothy, is that an like an insult? Sorry, you're asking me. Well, just in England, uh, the only other time I've heard it is from the IT crowd when they go to the theatre and they have a song that's like... I'm a friend of Dorothy, he's a friend of Dorothy too. Like, it's really great, but. um, I don't think (laughs) it's so
0: much as an insult is incredibly antiquated. I don't think anyone's used that as a veil term for someone being gay since it's probably 1976.
4: I (laughs) have, I had never heard it outside the IT crowd. So I didn't, um, I didn't understand it in the IT crowd. I mean, the whole episode is hysterical. I just thought it was some song. And then I heard, you know, when Olivia Coleman's like, well, friend of Dorothy, you know, and then I realized, oh, that's, You know, saying uh, like over here, we'd say lighten the loafers, but it's it's kind of an insult. It's an effeminate. It's, you know, lumping all gays into that effeminate. uh,
0: I think it was more, I think it stems from the days when being homosexual or certainly homosexual acts were illegal in this country. So you had to it was just a euphemism for saying someone's gay without saying it um i don't think anyone's used it in the last 20 years though i'd I'd be amazed but yeah just curious it is a cultural idiom i'm not familiar now if someone used it just because i think just say say someone's gay i mean there's no need to dance around it there's nothing wrong with it it's perfectly legal just why would you need right the fact of using euphemisms almost suggests there's something to hide or something to be ashamed of so i guess all euphemisms i would find slightly offensive now um but yeah any other princess margaret comments well, just that
3: I I loved her in the show. I, I understand what you're saying, Bina, about how it's probably not very accurate of who she was. Um, but I think she also... It, it's like the whole point of the show and the whole point of this season particularly is to show how um, damaging being a royal is and how uh, damaging the royal family uh, is. Like They don't take uh, very good care of each other.
4: Mm. Um,
3: at least in the way it's portrayed. Um and I think Princess Margaret is just also a good um a good way to show that. Like it's it's
0: I completely agree. Like I think mean,
3: yes, uh, her personality might not be accurate, but what happens to her is and mm. how bitter it drives her uh, is completely. still true. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I think you're completely right. I think the dramatic license is really well used and beautifully done, I think. And I think Helen the Bottom part is very moving in it. Um, and even Prince Philip says the same, doesn't he, when he says to Diana, look, we're all alone, because the only person who isn't alone is the person at the centre. You know, we're all just, you know, whirling around the Queen and the Crown. Um, and to be honest, she's quite alone as well, <laughs> I think. Yeah. She exactly. maybe even
3: more alone than. Her, all the others
0: the difference is i mean i guess this is a real life comment is i think the the queen the actual queen has immense faith and i think that that is her i think that keeps her going so i think she's alone at the center but she genuinely believes she's put there by god and she's on a mission so i think that that i don't think she feels she would feel alone in that sense and also you know she at least had the man that she was in love with by her side the whole time which is a big difference um okay yeah. so let's, let's move Hi. ourselves <laughs> let's move ourselves slowly to the center of the the solar system that is the monarchy um arguably closer to her than most others because at least she gets a weekly meeting we have margaret thatcher so um herself an icon highly controversial i would say i think she stokes Mm um huge huge emotion pro and con even to this day in england so i will tread carefully in what i say and i will state for the record that um you know my father and i are probably the last um thatcherites in england when all else fails though i definitely am on one side of this this argument um i've been known to refer to margaret thatcher as blessed margaret Ooh. So, so, so I, you I, love I really, this then? I I love Margaret Thatcher. I think she transformed this country, and she gave people like my father, who were you know first generation immigrants. An environment in which to thrive, which obviously benefited me. Um but I'm very aware that you know there are two sides to this argument, and that, that the crown has chosen to show another side, which is equally valid, I suppose. I mean, I will grudgingly say that other opinions may vary. So I'm gonna I'm gonna tread lightly answer questions on historical facts and let you guys do the discussion. So as we see the Crown portray it, Margaret Thatcher is a, a lower middle class woman whose father was an alderman. She has scraped herself up to be the first female prime minister. Um She is fighting um, against her own party, which is full of very aristocratic, um, misogynistic men. She's fighting against a country that, in the 1970s, as we've seen in the previous season, was riven by oil shocks, was in penury, went to the IMF for a bailout, so we were effectively bankrupt. And she wants to transform the country, and she wants to do so by sheer hard work, apparently. And she's incredibly, at the start of the season, in awe of the monarchy. She's a monarchist, she believes in the monarchy, but. Um, as she gets a closer look is maybe appalled by what she sees and vice versa. I think uh, the Queen... Her, the Crown's reading, is appalled by what she perceives to be a lack of feeling that Margaret Thatcher is pursuing policies that make her very hated and are very divisive, and that she doesn't like that. So, that's probably a summary of how that art goes. And by the end of the decade, we see Margaret Thatcher ousted from power by her cabinet. Um, and I will leave my thoughts of that to the end of the program because I find it so almost <clears throat> painful to discuss. I've never forgiven those.
2: Did, did she really get the medal? From the Queen, like when, when she Yes, uh, she did. Yeah, she did. She did. Interesting. She, I, was I will that, say, like...
0: she was made a baroness as well. So most people when they oh, retire as Baroness, that. Baroness Thatcher, she died. So anyway, what do you all make of Margaret Thatcher and the Queen? And what in particular do you make of Gillian Anderson's portrayal <laughs> and also of Dennis Thatcher, her husband? That's <laughs> that's that, that's quite a funny one as well. Um, but anyway, yeah. What I, do you I make feel
2: like the... um like it it the whole season opens up with Being like, oh, two women leading the countries know what we need? And that's like kind of the tone. Um, It's very much uh, confrontational. It seems like it paints her as someone who never really had any support, although I know that's not true. She obviously had a hard time, but she made it work, forced her way in. So, you know, I yeah, respect I think that.
1: It, that is an interesting point. I think the show sort of skips over the moment where her popular support seems to rise, which is with the the Falklands War. Like it doesn't really, I mean, it kind of shows it, but it doesn't really demonstrate that shift in like a holistic way, at least among some people. So, yeah, it was kind of hard to track how she was being perceived by the 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 pop and we don't really get to see that in general in the show because we rarely get to insight into actual human people that aren't part of the uh royal family. But yeah, it was really hard to tell like what the public perception of her was in the context of the show.
0: Yeah, I mean, you know, you wouldn't get from the show that she won the biggest landslide victory in British electoral history since World War II in the election after the Falklands War. She was hugely popular after the victory in the Falklands War, hugely popular. And it was her moment of triumph, right, because she was, you know, running around on the world stage with Ronald Reagan and Mikhail Gorbachev and, you know, achieved many great things. I mean, what what I think, if, if I were to defend Peter Morgan, I would say this isn't a show about Thatcher, right? So he yeah. only, he only needs to show her in reference to the crown. So he chooses not to show that stuff. I think Gillian Anderson's portrayal is really good, but I think she shows Thatcher almost too weary and too hoarse from the start. I think you don't get the mm. youthful energy. You know, like the first time she goes to Moral, actually, Thatcher was younger and, and bound, had much more energy and spoke differently, spoke in a much higher pitch tone. And the Anderson that you get yeah. is very good for the broken Thatcher who's been stabbed in the back by her cabinet. She's perfect for that. But I think it starts off too weary
1: it's oh. so deeply memeable like the the 10 second curtsy and the your majesty it's like so slow and deliberate uh,
4: this is like really unpopular opinion everyone's been gefying over Jillian Anderson's portrayal here and i don't get me wrong i love Jillian Anderson she uh, no offense but her natural Jillian Anderson's natural speaking voice is actually a lot more close to Margaret Thatcher i agree just than this voice movie. she put on <laughs> And no, she no, to that scenery. down chew like it. 10 notches. It's it, a was big just, it was just so distracting to me the yeah. whole time. It was like so forced. And I don't know why she was allowed to continue to do that because Margaret Thatcher does have like this deeper, you know, slightly raspy voice. But like you said, when she she doesn't speak slowly, you know, and, and it's it's Jillian Anderson tried to like lower her voice. And in order to do that, couldn't keep her breath to Mm. pace her dialogue. And
0: also Margaret Thatcher didn't do that. She, She was specifically told when she was deeply unpopular and had no authority in the run up to the Falklands War, she was advised, you need to lower your voice and speak more like a man. When men hear you, they hear a screeching housewife.
1: I do think they play her with a lot of, um, like, internalized misogyny. Like, that's a very, that's a note they hit really hard. D- did you think that was accurate to, to the time, like, that it was appropriate to make that such an emphasis?
0: Yeah, I think so. I mean, I don't think Margaret Thatcher would have ever sat with the queen and say, no, I'm not going to have women in my cabinet. They're incompetent. I, th- I just think Margaret Thatcher came from that era of women, and perhaps I'm one of them, where you just think, well, just get on with it and do it. Like, I don't need to deliberately pick half my cabinet as women if there's competent women, I'll select them. So was she an internalised misogynist? Probably. We probably all are from that era. Would she have articulated it in that way? I really seriously doubt it. But she didn't have a lot of women in her cabinet. Then again, no one else did. I mean, did Ronald Reagan have a lot of women in his cabinet? No. There weren't a lot of women MPs to select from. So, you know, it's a charge that's thrown against her, but I'm not entirely sure what she could have done about it, to be honest. She inspired a lot of women to enter politics, both um, to be like her and to be against her. And so you get this marvellous crop of women starting to come into British politics in the early 1990s. And I think that's
4: very much her legacy.
0: But I would say that, wouldn't I? Because I think she's amazing. <laughs> <laughs>
4: So I'm not going to weigh in on what I feel like politically with any of this. But as far as the show goes, I will say I think they did a great job with juxtaposing the Falklands War and the guy that breaks into Buckingham. And, you know, this is an era that um, many people often refer to, you know, the Thatcher years. We survived the Thatcher years in the TV show Shameless. Frank Gallagher is often like blame wants to blame everything on Margaret Thatcher as this lower class person. So we have this person who's maybe a little unstable, not, you know, not getting answers that he wants, deeply affected by economic turndown. And they juxtapose that with this victory parade. So how much money is now spent on this showing of triumph when you have people like this guy losing his house, losing his kids. And I'm not I'm not weighing in on whether that's right or wrong, but everything I've ever seen when people reference it, um, you know, generations since, it seems to be in keeping with that sentiment from things that oh, I've it's seen. very well done.
0: Yeah, I think you're right, Hannah. And I think, you know, even for people like me who think the policies were needed and right, you have to acknowledge there was a huge human cost to it. And people in old dying industries such as shipbuilding and mining who just didn't work again and they were written off, you know, they were just long-term unemployed and it was devastating socially. And I think using the Michael Fagan story, which is almost like kind of like a funny story. I remember when that guy managed to climb over the wall of Buckingham Palace and get in. To use it in a really kind of poignant way, I think was good and in the show that's got so much lavish luxury to show the scene when he's in the unemployment office queuing up mm-hmm. for his unemployment check. I, especially in a time of pandemic, right, when lots of people have been laid off and are in that circumstance right now, I thought was really right and clever and well done. Similarly, if you think about the two sets of people that Margaret Thatcher went to war on, right, the Argentinians aren't even in the top two. The, the first one is the unions, hence the recession and, and the unemployment story. But this, The second was um the IRA. So to show republicanism and the terrorism and the of Lord Mountbatten again you can argue whether she was right or wrong in the tactics she used because she was incredibly hardline um I think she was right evidently but to show the the wages of that I think was very right because it was a huge yeah, growing up even as a young kid it was a hugely divisive time to be in this country it was really really unpleasant it was horrific it makes the post GFC look like nothing and I think it's right Do, to see
2: I didn't know about history. any of this like really as far as uh, you know British history. Like the that kind of just that period of unrest there, and especially with you know unemployment. And I mean, I didn't know about the assassination. I was extremely surprised when the uh, when the oh, bomb really? blew up. Yes, really? <laughs> I had to immediately go to Google. Like, did this actually happen? What's happening? Gosh, I yeah. I was just sort of like waiting for it, like for it dragged on a bit, like waiting up for the assassination.
0: <laughs> yeah, come on, get one with it. that.
1: Taiwan got <laughs> his got caught with his pants down like that. So
4: (laughs) (laughs) I Uh, I just skipped over Pan Am Flight one oh (laughs) three. Yeah, but that wasn't big for the crown as such, right?
2: That was the bombing, right?
4: I don't think that that had nothing to do with her, though. And especially, like, everything with apartheid. I, I don't I don't think it can be safely assumed it had absolutely nothing to do with Yeah. I mean, in a way, the like, IRA you know.
0: terrorism mm-hmm. story is kind of a weird one, because evidently the IRA never actually went after the Queen, because even they recognised that would have been a step too far and would have lost them all their political capital. It might have been interesting to explore that more. But you can go for Dickie Mountbatten. You can go for Margaret Thatcher, because they had a go on her in Brighton and nearly came very close to succeeding but you can't have a go at the queen
3: um like uh, again i'm i'm in this mostly for the historical events so i was kind of disappointed that there was no follow up on that um in the next mm. uh, episodes uh, it's i don't think it's mentioned really but it's also because of how uh, big the jumps are between the episodes but um i actually i have the bad habit of googling uh people uh <laughs> while i'm watching so i was googling uh lord man again <laughs> when i um during the episode uh, the first one and and then i got to the line where that said um he was assassinated in the, um, and so when the scene arrived i just i just knew cuz i it was obvious when you knew <laughs> um, I was a bit disappointed.
1: I was <laughs> with about um, Prince Margaret's like chain smoking right when that episode started with her coughing. Yeah. <laughs> it was like weirdly. Really they aligned with that?
3: Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um. On, on, on Thatcher, if I may, because I I didn't. Mm. Um, um. Well, from a French point of view, um, I think the public opinion on Thatcher was probably, um, very um, opposed to her. Probably. Um. I, I I think I can remember my father. I mean, I wasn't born. Uh, I wasn't alive then. <laughs> but uh, I can remember my father years later. Later, when when I was a kid. Um. So like commenting on her or just um comparing her to 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 someone else on, on the far uh, right here and and being like that's not that's not good. Um so I'm very much a socialist. I'm very much of the opinion that the state should uh help its less fortunate oh, you'd hate uh, her. citizens. You'd hate her. <laughs> yeah and the show made me hate her clearly um <laughs> but one thing specifically that, that i didn't like about the show in 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 her portrayal is when they basically imply that she really wasn't uh um she what wasn't on the top of her game when the Falklands uh war started yeah, that's bollocks isn't
0: it that is not it And that's not bollocks.
3: true and I hate yeah. that because if you think someone a woman m- made a mistake or didn't uh, make the right decision that's on her that's not on the fact that she was being emotional because her son uh, was missing It's actually
0: hugely misogynistic because her son wasn't missing at that time <laughs> Yes exactly. and, it's, and it's, it's a very worked. misogynistic thing right to say oh but she was a mum and she was worried but yes it's it-
3: trying to it's trying to excuse her in some sense from that decision that you can agree with or, or disagree with that's not even the point it's just it's it's putting that decision and the way she acted at the beginning of the war on that. And that's not even true. Like it would be, it will also, it would already be disturbing if it was true, but it's not, it's not. So I really didn't like that uh, specific part. Um, I get that they wanted to portray uh, to, to depict both events, but I think it was very wrong to um to show the one as the consequence of, of the other.
0: Yeah, no, I completely
1: agree. It, I completely agree. Yeah, um also um with the pageant,
2: uh, oh. um the Highland games when she um started the acting with her cabinet shuffles, like say what you want about mm-hmm. Thatcher. Um everything she did was deliberate. Like um she was uh brilliant politician who
1: focused on um, everything she could do to further her ideology, or everything she did was planned out. Yeah. Sure that the other that thing I would say about that.
0: Thatcher and the Queen is that I would say, and I wouldn't say, I mean, like, for instance, you can contrast Thatcher with Boris Johnson and you can say, of Margaret Thatcher, a bit like the Queen, they can make decisions you don't agree with or do things that you think are unfeeling and um, lacking in empathy. But I honestly believe that for both women, they did so for what they thought was the best thing for the country as a whole. And that they had no other choice. If it was a hard choice, they didn't have an easier one. And that they were both motivated by really sort of earnest desire for the public good and motivated by faith, I think, for both women. And I don't think that's true of, you know, politicians on either side. But I don't think David Cameron or Boris Johnson really gave a shit about the public good i don't think tony blair particularly did i mean mm. you know, these are all judgments you can make but i think margaret thatcher made very very unpopular choices but I, I genuinely think they were quite earnest and i didn't like the idea of her being portrayed as someone who just did stuff because her son had a business in south africa or because her son was missing. you know it was just all very trivial mm. <laughs> did
2: um did it really happen with um like the queen like leaking a story or is that like sort of like they, people allege that's maybe what happened like was there a story at the time that was like the queens upset with thatcher
0: not really no not that i remember but you know i mean it was the whole issue of apartheid in south africa and whether we should boycott them and in particular i don't know if you guys remember the story of zola bud who was a south african runner who wanted to race in the la olympics Um, and whether she should race for us as a country. I mean, it was hugely controversial. Um, I remember being incredibly aware of this as like a seven, eight year old in school because none of us were going to buy, we weren't going to buy South African fruit. I mean, it was a a huge thing. It was like the Black Lives Matter of our time. And yeah, it was a huge issue. But I don't remember the Queen in particular leaking. My impression of the Queen is she's always been very careful to hide her feelings. I think she wasn't a fan of Margaret Thatcher, but I think she wasn't a fan of Margaret Thatcher because Margaret Thatcher was clearly a social climber and put on airs. I mean, Margaret Thatcher got very grand by the end of her prime ministership. Um, and I think the queen probably didn't like that very much. I mean, she acted as though she were the queen in some respects. So.
1: I will say a moment that I think does give her a positive side is the, it's more so actually giving the monarchy a negative side is the moral test where we see just how elitist they are about everything. And like these, there's these details that they're like testing her on and they're so ridiculous and unnecessary. I think that is a moment where that comes across.
0: Although the queen see any person who's nice. So when they walk in in black tie, she's like, "Why well, that's a Okay, we'll do dinner in half an hour. And they're all like, what the
2: hell's wrong with these people?
0: Yeah. (laughs) It's so ridiculous.
2: Even their party games are like the the peak of snobbery. But I just thought, you know,
0: for Margaret Thatcher, who, you know, grew up with no money, no opportunity to somehow win a place at Oxford to study chemistry, a woman who's kind of got herself to the height of power just through sheer intellect and stubbornness, and you finally meet the queen who's your hero, and you just get to play Ibble Dibble. I mean, what fucking three-year-old chicanery is this? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I think think it's... uh... It's the queen, it's when she falls out of love with the monarchy, I think. A she, th-
2: she thought she would come like dressed for, you know, the regalia, and they're like, we're just gonna go trekking through the mud.
0: Mm, yeah. Um, but I don't think she's the only one. If you read the memoirs of um, Tony and Shuri Blair, they're quite funny on how ludicrous they h- thought the whole monarchy thing was. And, you know, <laughs> nice. Shiri Blair just didn't want to curtsy because she was, you know, as my husband is, an anti monarchist, a Republican. Have you is- seen the way they're eating pudding? Uh, I know. <laughs> that That particular
4: um scene though or like when she's at balmoral i think does do a good job of showing how so even when you're like in and invited in um with real can't get it right you know she's first she's over not that they're you know the queen does adjust you know okay well we'll do dinner later go ahead and change and tries not to make her feel shitty about it but um just the awkwardness of you know you you just can't do it right unless you've been trained yourself
0: hmm. and yet diana passes the test and still fails the marriage right Segway, segue segue alert let's talk about camilla let's talk about charles and let's talk about diana maybe should we do the one one by one so let's talk about camilla first what did you all think about camilla parker Bowles, um the future queen of england no less um
3: thoughts feelings is she really going to be queen, or is that going to be her title? Or I, I thought wouldn't. So,
2: something said she could never actually be clear. queen, but I don't no, know. I mean,
0: technically, she'll be queen. It's just they'll call uh, like her consort or something. Her, yeah, they'll call her like mm. you know, Duchess of whatever. But she she will be queen. I mean, she'll have all the yeah, princess. She won't be she'll like be the princess
2: queen. instead of the queen, or
0: no, you'll you'll have to curtsy, motherfuckers. I mean, yes, but you <laughs> won't th- have. It, I, I, I remember think...
2: reading something when like um, it might have been when Harry got married, or the other one but like something about like oh yeah like she'll never actually have the title like it was just, I, you know it was just some blurb I don't know anything yeah, only about because any of that she so. will
0: forego it out of you know embarrassment right but I mean she could have it. I mean she's entitled to it
2: oh, I, I think I
0: well, think I read that since she
3: she had been divorced uh, well, so is the king yes <laughs> so <John>. uh, but-
2: <laughs> yeah a hundred years ago they would have been like so you're just gonna have to give everything up and no, now I'm we're not kind really? of like I'm sure
3: that i read something but uh it doesn't really matter anyway um what do we think about her <laughs> um, what do you think about it's her? all
0: neither here nor about, there
4: because what do the you queen think about
0: the dinner when, when she takes diana them. out and basically flaunts the fact that she's got a nickname Jeez. for charles and she knows all his habits That's
1: rough stuff right there yeah
4: oh. i've never gotten i've never <laughs> gotten a good impression from, where, her, from um, anything in production they had him sitting there in between them huh he was he was on set and they had him uh the guy that plays charles was sitting in between them while they filmed that scene oh goodness the ghost yeah. of the why tasteful.
1: what was what, what the reasoning
4: um they to really put them in the mindset of you know having this conversation and also not having this conversation and really to um, nail home in their performance that they're in this tug of war for him, so he's. You can he's really off tell this was made on the by, other side of the table.
1: You can really so tell they actually by a guy who made plays and stuff.
4: They did stuff like that. They're they're like looking at him, like sometimes in the scene. If you go back and watch, they'll they'll look up, and so the actor is really there, present on on the day. And um, mm. so there are a few times when they'll say something catty, and then Diana will kind of her eyes go up, and uh, wow, she's she's really looking at the actor. Gosh. I need I to see that footage now.
3: Yeah, I don't really get why, but okay. <laughs> um, I think part of me liked her because she was way more realistic than Charles was, mm. and was more mature. Like he's just—he's uh, really mature in this season. Um, or this is portrayed that way, um, and she was not. And and what I found interesting was the uh, the point that Anne makes at some point that. Uh, she might be your um, the the your only love, but you're not hers. Uh, when, well, exactly. Um, yeah, when Anne says that to Charles, and I thought that was a very interesting and nuanced uh, way to see the whole situation because it's not. You could be tempted to think about it like uh, they loved each other and they didn't. They couldn't marry, and it's all tragic, and it's it's like. A fairy tale um that but it's it's not really it's way more realistic than that um mm. and, and it's I, not I that like they that. couldn't
0: marry i mean charles could have married her the, the problem is is charles dilly dallied she was already you know flirting with her husband to be and thought he was the better one, so she married him yeah so yeah i think anne was spot on but I mean, bear in mind anne was shagging camilla's husband before they were married too so she yeah. knew something <laughs> of <him. laughs> but i think it's right and i I think Camilla, the one bit where I did sympathize with her is I thought she was a bit like Wallace Simpson insofar as neither Wallace nor Camilla Parker Bowles wanted to be anything other than the mistress they knew that if their respective princes had divorced or you know given up the throne for them and married them that they would be the most unpopular women in England so she she's very practical she knows that she can't compete with Diana Diana's very popular and I actually feel very sorry for Camilla because I think Camilla you know the last sort of 10 to 15 years has has been a very hard working member of the royal family and done a lot of good but she'll always be the other woman she'll always be the woman that you know, Diana accuses of breaking her heart. So there's no way she ever escapes it. And I, I kind of feel a little bit sorry for her for that. But, Honestly,
3: so. I feel sorry for the three of them. Uh, it's just shit. So, yeah, I mean, it's
0: just yeah. a crap situation all around isn't
4: it? Yeah. Well, I'll put well, it this way: I feel sorry I for Diana feel... first,
0: then Camilla and Charles Third by default, for sure.
4: I feel most sorry for Harry and William. Um, and I I do wonder like if if Camilla had not been in the picture, would Diana be alive today? If if Camilla had married Charles, would Diana be alive today? Would she have been the humanitarian? If Camilla, if Camilla had she married was? Charles.
0: Diana would definitely be alive because she wouldn't have been hounded by paparazzi whether she would have been happy I don't know because I think she was very Mm. and I don't mean this pejoratively I just think she was a broken bird and we'll get there when we talk about Mm. Diana but Mm -hmm. um, okay should we should we move from Camilla to the depiction of Charles this season the future king of England. I hated him
3: like and that's not that's even surprising because I remember really feeling sorry for him in the previous season and and actually liking him or at least liking like um, he was just going through some difficult stuff and uh, being in a really difficult position all the time and kind of a likable person who's trying to who's very like he's trying to do right but he's also he really doesn't want to Uh, but in in this season the way they portrayed him was really really terrible. I mean, uh, it made me hate him um <laughs> which might not be entirely uh justified. I don't know, but um
0: Boys yeah, stick yeah. up for your stick up for your fellow bro. Come on. What's the defense <laughs> of Charles? That's
1: interesting about how the show portrays Charles, right? Cuz in season 3 they give him this episode, the Wales episode where like he is so amazing and perfect in that episode like they they go way over the top to show how great he is in that one and then slowly but surely over the course of this season to the point where we get to the avalanche episode where he is just the worst Like it's just like a slow de devolu- to the point where he is just like the worst character in the show so it's interesting how they gave him like that huge highlight back in season three and then just kind of chipped away at it over time to, to where we are now. I
0: wonder if they'll raise him back up again in season four with the death of Diana whether that you know in the same way that he's been rehabilitated in British public opinion since then um, we shall see um the, the, the devil's advocate case for Charles is we have seen him in the crown be abandoned by his mum for foreign tours be sent to a school Gordonston, which is horrific with a father who clearly think expresses very openly that he thinks is a total fucking waste of space um He is a man desperately in search for love. And I think when he first meets the shy Diana, maybe, and she's sympathetic with him at the polo when Dickie Mountbatten's died or been murdered, um, he probably thinks, yes, this is the woman who can provide me with love. And I think, as much as he's reluctant to go ahead with the wedding, there there is the potential chance for success. And I do wonder if Diana had been less young and pretty and charismatic and less taken by the crowds, whether the marriage would. Have survived whether Charles's ego and his need for love. Um, whether that marriage would survive if Diana had just been maybe a bit like Sarah Ferguson and just not seen as pretty and and fat shamed and not loved by the tabloids maybe Charles would have loved her more Um, but he evident he needs a lot of ego stroking he's his ego is so fragile and I actually felt sorry for Camilla I thought it must be wearying being with someone that needy I mean that must be horrible being with him
1: he's he's absolutely terrible and that's the key theme right is that feeling of jealousy that he has and it Mm. is I mean I can to some extent like I can understand at least being stunned by the sheer overwhelming popularity that Diana had, like, like having to reckon with that as someone who's been given everything in your entire life, um, to some extent, and like having to see like this person become like an icon and totally overshadow you, I can see how that would eat away at you to some extent, but he is just awful and he, he has no good impulses about it at all
0: especially as a man of that generation who's been raised to think you are the one you're going to be the crown so he's seen his mummy her, her whole life just be the center of everything and he thinks every pain i've endured every bullying moment i've endured every hurt will be made whole when i am the center of the world and he thinks fuck even when i inherit it's diana who's going to be at the center and i'm going to be like prince philip on the periphery i mean that must be quite a psychological shock i'm not sure i I think it's easy to judge it but who of us would would survive that I think it takes a lot right it takes a lot to stand two paces behind your wife for your whole life and Prince Philip we see struggle with it in seasons one and two but he gets there but Prince Charles if you've been raised to be king and then to be told yeah you're basically going to be the person two steps behind Diana picking up the flower bouquets that people give her and have people moaning because they wish she was on their side of the walking tour am I convincing anyone any sympathy coming no
3: (laughs) Oh, I'm definitely sympathetic and I definitely understand where he comes from. It's just, um, I think the way the the show portrays him as really the one who broke Diana and like, at least in, in the way they show it, he's very unfair to her. Like, she at least part of it she's trying to to love him and to to uh, give him what he what he needs and he's like nope you're overshadowing me and he's all paranoid and stuff so i do sympathize uh and i, I understand but uh, and <laughs> just grow up uh, as well it's just the yeah, way I, well. I, think, I think yeah
1: I think 40 by the end of the season like you'd think you'd be a little yeah. more mature about this
3: exactly and the way i don't know if that's even even um a tiny bit accurate but the way you see him um scheme like being like okay the first thing she does i'm divorcing her and and basically doing everything he can uh, so that this can happen um that's that's really just not <laughs> not a high point
0: <laughs> no no he's not nice and actually the the bit that really shocked me was more I was saying to my mum that you know Diana just felt so alone like where was her mum where was her dad like the one thing about Kate Middleton when she married William is she had this like very close mum and dad and brothers and sisters and at least she had support and I feel even for Meghan Markle I feel she didn't have that support like she just had her mum like I think if you marry into the royals you really need a secure home base to kind of prop you up and you know Diana just has basically this this grandma, who instructs her in etiquette, is very critical and is on the side of the royals, not on Diana's side. She has no one to turn to. Like, the mum's fucked off. The dad's a horror show. I mean, she, she is a broken bird from a very nasty family with no sense of love there. And... You know, the, the the royal courtier says to the queen, don't you want to instruct her and help her? She's going to be the next queen. And the queen's like, no, I can't be bothered. Let her granny do it. And it's so mean. I just think she's so alone. I really felt sorry for her as a young girl. Um... The
1: way the, uh, the queen treats her is really awful too. I'm not really, like, what is going on there? Like, why is, does she feel that way about her?
0: Just shut up and get on with it. I think that was the attitude in that area, yeah. right? It you is. Know, it queen... does
1: reflect, though, what Hannah was saying earlier. I think this notion that, like, she just doesn't have time for her family and the way she does for the people like that that is really her true love It's not anyone in her family yeah. necessarily
0: yeah i mean in a way she's more sympathetic to the guy who breaks into her bedroom
1: yeah way more yeah <laughs>
0: really but the bit when diana just clings to though... her as mummy and clings around her neck and the queen is obviously aghast and you just think even if the marriage itself wasn't successful like the indian around, in a ruthless way wouldn't the queen have wanted to give diana a hug or just so that the boys the future king is raised in a settled environment but um, she's but just not like that. that i
4: think i think the queen um it's funny because i don't have a, a whole lot sympathy for people that you don't have maybe every-
2: for the the wealthy I mean typically if you're let's say you're in the 1% or whatever you have means it means you have freedom I mean you might you may be miserable still and you may not be happy but whatever but you have freedom you have choice you don't have someone telling you where to go and when to do it and how to look um most of those people I mean you know you, you have a public image to keep you know if you're a, you know an, an actor or a billionaire or whatever but for the most part you can be eccentric you can be weird you can do whatever you want um, but not in the monarchy. So, she's
4: probably, though, like, you know, Philip wasn't happy. Philip, you know, Philip was a royal in his own right, had it not been for World War II, you know. Um, But, you know, like, he sucked it up and made his peace with it and learned his role. So she's probably looking I always at Anne think a generational
0: thinking. thing. Yeah. I think it's a generational yeah. thing. I think that wartime generation who went through World War II, and even if you were queen, that was really petrifying. And you worked hard and you didn't eat. And I see it in my, my Philip, my husband Philip's father, who who was a child during World War Two and grew up through rationing. That they just they just swallow down feelings. They don't talk about feelings. They don't complain. They just you know keep calm and carry on and get on with it. And it's a very very dangerous trait of that generation of British people, which is shut up, don't complain, don't share, don't parent
4: in showing hugs. Yeah, and, you know, she you know, tactile. I- Diana for that too that she you know she takes the baby to Australia yeah. but I think she just doesn't understand it and... I
0: think it's just a complete communication failure because Diana's not just one generation down like Charles she's almost two generations down and I think the right. crown shows that very well with you know she wants to listen to Dian- Duran Duran and go to a disco like she's a tote, whereas to go to the opera um so I think it's just it's not even the monarchy I think it's just that ge- that generation maybe But I do feel for Diana because I think she was just so young. And I mean, I really don't like Diana in the 90s. I think she became very manipulative and I didn't like her at all when she died. But not that I would wish her to be dead, but I thought she became a very odd person. But in the 80s, I think Diana is supremely sympathetic. This broken bird sent alone into this broken family, given fuck all support um pump out two kids you've done your job now shut up and sit down what a life
3: yeah i think you can can explain why the queen behaves this way and why the family just doesn't understand diana but i think what seems terrible to me is that they should have realized way earlier like if you i mean i can i can understand and i can allow that gen- generation to behave this way but I um, I would I would have hoped that uh, they would be at least a little bit aware of it and that uh, the choice uh, of bride for Charles would have like taken that into account um and I'm, I'm sure there were women that would have um uh, uh, yeah that would have jumped, uh, jumped. yes it's I mean,
2: also portrayed they were just so happy for him to connect with anyone and push him away from Camilla because they're like that's not an option for you. Yeah. Oh.
3: Okay, so Bina, uh, you, you, you'll you probably know more about this. But when what what I read was that um, it wasn't by chance that he met Diana. They kind of chose her for him.
0: Well, it wasn't they. It was the Queen Mother and um, Diana's grandma were best friends. I think Lady mm-hmm. Femoy was lady-in-waiting at some point to the Queen Mother, maybe even to the Queen. And the idea was that her eldest daughter would be be set up with dara spencer and they dated and got on really well and probably would have been a far better match because they were just you know the age gap was smaller they were far more similar and then she got tricked by some tabloid journalists and blabbed to them like she talked about the the religion said she was sure she'd be engaged Charles just dumped her immediately for speaking to the press Mm. um and that caused the problem so then they had to go to Diana who was by far younger and really not suitable and had been really fucked up by her own parents divorce and I mean if, if for people who think Diana's lovely read how she treated her stepmother because Diana did some pretty fucking callous stuff to her and vice versa um so it was very much a setup And the idea was the person who married Prince Charles had to be a aristocratic and be a virgin. And so you were going to have a huge age gap and you were going to have someone who was very sexually and emotionally immature because you were, you know, of necessity, if you're going for a virgin, going to pick someone who's very, very young. And very inexperienced. Hasn't well, it you could just
2: budge the second one. Who knows?
0: Yeah. Well, she she? Sadly, they didn't. And I just think I think Diana was. You know, when we say that Camilla's love of her life was Tom Parker Bowles, Charles's love of his life was Camilla Parker Bowles. I genuinely, truly believe Diana's love of her life was Charles. Yeah. And you know, the tragedy was is that the fairy tale. I think she thought she was having a fairy tale marriage until she
4: didn't. You know, they go from um, saying like she's. Per- perfect in the Balmoral test right like she's the one she's perfect and then just close ranks around Charles the second anything goes tits up you know Mm. and and I just think that that adds to at least for the viewer it's meant to add to the absurdity and the, the double standards that the royals have among their own you know and and I guess that's true of any family maybe um you know at least perhaps back then I like I have a cousin right now going through a divorce but he's the fuck up he's he has ruined his (laughs) wife's life and I'm she's like I don't want you to pick sides and I'm going you don't have to I thought you know I already know what side I'm on I'll always love my cousin but he's fucking up and I I, there's no justification for that you know what
0: I find amazing is that Philip who let's be honest probably had his own dalliances just didn't sit Charles down and say look you're fucking up your marriage stop seeing Camilla Parker Bowles and pay some attention to your poor wife and it doesn't feel like any of that happened um i know poor diana
4: and again i just feel the most sorry for william and harry you know the children are always the ones that are the most unfairly treated when you have horrible they were very young and they had a lot of you know trauma and i any child no matter if they're rich or poor that goes through something like that i have sympathy for that's true. And I think the only good news is I think
0: probably, I think certainly William is in a good marriage. I think he's fine. And I think Harry yeah. will see whether his marriage lasts. But I think, I don't know if he's fine. I think he's the one we'll find out whether he is fine or not. But
4: They seem fairly well adjusted, though. And their dad has become a better presence in their life, I think. Uh, mm. Which is nice. At least it, it seems like ultimately they'll they'll have their own happy endings, whatever that looks like.
0: Yeah, we'll see. I mean, I think it's going to be interesting as we get into the next season, how they deal with Diana and her affairs and yeah, everything that happened around the death.
1: Where do know. you guys predict the show will end? I so I I heard there's only going to be one more season.
0: Yeah, so, uh, because they have to only have one more season, right? Because they can't get into... Yeah, what are they are going to do? William falling in love with Kate at university? No, and, no, no. You know, there's, it, not, there's
1: nothing interesting, and also it's too close to home, I think, right?
0: I think even doing the death is a little bit close to home.
2: Yeah, yeah, I agree. Well, I think originally they had said they'd planned to have three different casts, right?
1: Like, like for each she, era. The cast again, they, they'll they be switching the Queen and all, and all that again. Yeah, yeah. Well, there's next season, Diana,
0: which I think is horrific because I really love really, Diana. Yeah, yeah,
1: twitching. I don't think they need to for age. Reasons. She's not that much older. Yeah, you just no. put on the shoulder. It's a bigger and...
0: name, isn't it? I mean, she's a bigger name actress, but I think this actress now has become
4: such a big name that that feels kind of silly.
1: I
0: agree. Yeah, I, I
4: wouldn't agree. do that if I were yeah. them. I think my guess is they'll take it right up to where the movie, The Queen, sort of begins. So they'll oh, go so to with... before
0: the death. Okay.
4: Yeah, I think I think they might take it right up to that line um you know the the yorks maybe would be a big part of it um uh, margaret passing maybe well she lived beyond that didn't she
0: yeah i know she, she cuz she was the one who hated the fact that diana got a state funeral she stood on precedent she wasn't she wasn't the nice person of the crown she absolutely was livid that diana got a state funeral because she was not an hrh when she died so she i guess
4: not- maybe there'll be more of the same with the triangle camilla charles diana and more of the ira stuff I- winds are burning down
0: the divorce of andrew and apart from the death of diana nothing really happens to the roles between the death of diana and then mm-hmm. william marrying kate it's pretty you know there's not much in between
3: um what I do you know nice- we'll go they will go up to the death
0: um, I don't think they can avoid it, really. I think they have to do the death. I think that has to. I be. agree. Yeah. So they're going to leave Charles looking at his absolute worst. One of the things that I learnt in reading this. Um autobiography autobiography biography of princess margaret is that they talk in depth about the funeral arrangements of diana and hannah the one thing i really agree with you is i have such sympathy for william and harry being forced to walk the funeral cortege oh geez yeah and they really didn't want to and the only reason they did is because charles was so afraid that if he walked it he would get booed and things thrown at him. So he thought if he walked it with his children, that the crowd wouldn't do that. And I thought you're using your fucking children as a human shield.
4: Well, and I'm, so I'm the same age as Harry and pretty close in age to William. So I think I, I've grown up, I feel like I've grown up with them. You know what I mean? And so Mm. I, I, I tend to have a little more sympathy to them because I do remember, um, The night that Diana died in that news breaking and being upset and then and then I remember watching the funeral live on TV and looking at these boys, particularly Harry's the exact same age as I am. I think he's a couple months my senior and um, just, you know, really uh, feeling, you know, if that were my mom. God would like my, man, my yeah, heart absolutely. going out to him, R- royal or not royal. That's a horrific thing to experience at such a young age, uh, and so suddenly it's not like she had an illness where they could sort of prepare and say goodbye. Just, I think
0: William and really Harry had because of that huge amounts of goodwill from the british public and i think william kind of retains it to this day i think harry basically in a course of 18 months has just pissed it away to nothing which is very very sad um but let's see what happens with him anyone want to say anything about any particular actors actresses any other aspect of the crown that we haven't yet discussed
4: i was gonna say tobias mckenzie is a treasure olivia coleman can do no wrong in my eyes like she's just mm. amazing
0: i love
1: her yeah i was gonna mention tobias menzies as philip i think he's just he really nails that role
0: he's phenomenal as philip actually one of the things i really was sad about is in real life philip remained quite close to diana like after the balmoral test or for whatever reason like he was quite fond of her and i think maybe philip just got on better with girl daughters maybe like he got on well with anne And there's all this correspondence, some of which, very little of which has been published, where he would write her letters, like she would write to him almost like a grandpa asking for advice on the marriage. And he would write back and say, I know Charles can be a bit difficult and it's really weird being married to, you know, a monarch or a future monarch, but this is what I would try and do. And even after the divorce, he really tried to be encouraging and and kind of take her under his wing a little bit. And it it was a shame to me that we didn't see more of them after that Balmoral episode, because I thought as actors they were very sweet together
1: I get the moment at the end but yeah
3: yeah. Yes, but same, I agree and I think overall I was just a bit disappointed to not see Philip more basically because we really don't have much uh from him in the whole season. His relationship with um the queen is basically like done uh, in a way that they just don't talk about it anymore. Uh, it seems both stable and almost uh just almost indifferent. I not really, mm. but well not exactly like they seem settled but also very alone like
0: I'm not in love like I get the impression yes. even yes. from the pictures that were released this week for Prince Philip's um birthday that I mean he looks like a walking skeleton he's so old but like when the queen looks at him <laughs> and he looks at her you get the impression a bit like my parents actually in their age. they still love each other you know <laughs> and I didn't get about, that in, in this season um, no I agree I agree
3: which I found a bit, um, a bit yeah. disappointing yeah. Um, I, I did
2: think the bit after the break in where he was he was just like you could yeah, tell how steamed yeah. he was. He's like, I wasn't there and I mean that's that's about all we got really. They didn't focus on yeah. that relationship. But I still felt it
4: there. Well you had they had, had that had moment little... where, you know, is that open door, was that an invitation? And she's like, not that kind of invitation and <laughs> I, I you know, I've been married for quite a while now and uh you do kind of settle into things where you know, not that there's no sex or anything, but it's not like this huge priority for anyone you're getting older, uh, but you have companionship. Yeah, which, and right. I do think yeah. they did a good job at portraying that element to the relationship and bringing it forward again to juxtapose it to to the past seasons i think
0: i guess i think there wasn't enough companionship like i would have wanted a bit more i thought there was
1: an amount for me like there's some there's just enough the problem is they don't get a lot of focus in this season in general but i thought the moments they had together were all really good in that in that respect
4: yeah but they're few and far between i agree
0: yeah and uh, that i guess they're just a victim of the fact that the focus for the first time ever in the crown the queen is not the focus of the season it is charles and diana and i guess yeah that's the
1: reason it's part of of why i like the earlier seasons more because i i think just too it's just it feels nicer to have that freedom of like an earlier historical moment but also just i think these are the characters that i'm most engaged with so to see them kind of push to the side is kind of unfortunate
0: yeah i i would really agree with that um i'm very nervous for next season actually very
4: nervous for for doing the death yeah, and I know it's hope they don't pull happens. a game of thrones and ruin it in the 11th hour yeah
3: <laughs> i what one thing i would like them to do is maybe an after show or something um is like just have a talk about these things and why they made the decisions that that they made and um uh and what was accurate and not and why they chose to to change stuff um it's just I think transparency and openness um would be really really first uh, really good and just also interesting to to see uh, how they themselves uh, felt about the way they were portraying things
0: yeah and actually there's precedent for this because there's a, a well it's not a French drama but it's a drama or maybe it's a French produced drama about <laughs> Versailles but yeah. it has it's in English with English actors but what was yeah. really interesting about that is because obviously when it was shown in England the people producing it probably were aware that British historical education is so kind of focused on Britain we know a lot about British history but we have a terrible understanding of of other people's history which is a problem but anyway so what they would do is every so the nine o'clock on the Sunday night prestige slot they would show the hour episode of Versailles and then they would have an hour-long program with you know really preeminent um historians discussing what was true and what wasn't true and what really happened and Showing famous artworks and architecture and giving it context, which I used to love because yeah, you'd get all the kind of the cheap thrills of the bonking and the adultery and you know Versailles, and then you'd get you'd really learn something. Yeah, and they could they could so clearly do that with a crown. Netflix has so much money they could clearly do like a companion documentary series that after you know, that they would yeah. dump with that and say season uh, one, let's let's talk about the IRA in the 80s or whatever, you know.
3: Exactly, because like, the the reason they're uh, only doing one more season is is a choice because uh, they feel like it's too contemporary afterwards it's not because of the money so they could do that I was I was actually thinking I didn't know they did that with Versailles and that's that's interesting I was thinking of uh, Chernobyl where you had these yes. one-hour podcasts uh, for each episode which uh, I, I really loved and I thought were uh, almost as interesting and compelling as the show itself. um, I think that would be a really interesting thing uh, to watch.
0: Maybe Vox should do that. No, but I mean, seriously, I think HBO have really, because they did that also with Watchmen, where they do the kind of the accompanying podcast. It's so good. And like you say, they talk to the writers, you talk about the choices... Craig Mazin on Chernobyl was very clear on what was and wasn't real and why he had to change it or not. Um, I'd I'd love for Netflix to do that. But Netflix, they have done some podcasts. I remember when The Irishman was released through Netflix, they did a, a podcast series with that. And in each episode, they did like the editor or the costume designer. And they did get into what was the history of Jimmy Hoffa and what was known, what wasn't known and the choices that were made. So there is precedent um, but they've obviously decided not to. And I guess the answer for that is maybe because with Chernobyl or Jimmy Hoffa, they're a fact, but with the crown, what are you going to say? Because like, all of it's supposition, isn't it? Like, what did Charles really feel in this moment?
1: Yeah, you're just guessing basically, yeah.
0: But they could clear up like, when Margaret Thatcher's son was missing. I guess. Exactly, because that's just that's <laughs> historical
3: fact. That's just yeah. months before uh, the beginning of the Falkland Wars, uh, War and uh, I could also just, it doesn't have to be long, but acknowledge that it's um, that it is supposition, that it is uh, what they imagine uh, happens uh, for, for a lot of it. Just acknowledging that um, would be already a, a good thing.
0: How do you guys feel about Peter Morgan casting his uh, partner as Mar- Mrs. Thatcher? Nepotism or justified because she's a great actress. Huh. Didn't know that. I didn't yeah, know they, they, they've been, they've been going out since 2016. Well, but it's
2: like, you know, uh, what's his name, Tim Burton used to cast still on the bottom corner and like everything. Um, I'm going to say that Being,
3: uh, I mean, Hannah probably knows things about that as well, but being myself in in the music industry now, I can see how it very much um, works like that. And it's it's not necessarily a good thing, but it's not necessarily a bad thing either, because a lot of it is about how you connect, um how you connect with the people you work with. Like in music, you can argue that um you do better music when there's a, a real a real connection between the people doing it together. Um, That's not true for every group, but uh, I always feel like that's something more when the people singing together or playing together are very obviously all very good friends. Um, yeah i agree so i and also when you trust someone it's just it's a different way of working and uh, i get why it happens but it's also often weird to to hear like oh yeah so this guy will now direct um like being be the the director of that opera house and that's fine because he knew him and uh and it's always uh, men, by the way, in this uh, kind of situation. um so that's that's an issue. And in that case, I didn't know that it was um uh, that that they were together. and uh, I didn't say that earlier, but I agree with you guys that um that uh, her portrayal of Thatcher without myself having any idea of what Thatcher sounds like. It uh, was a bit too much uh, enforced, So maybe it wasn't the best choice in the end. Um,
0: or maybe it could have been mm. the best choice, but a director who wasn't afraid of getting mad when he got yeah. home would, go. have, would have given her the note to take it down a little bit. Whereas a director would <laughs> go home with a woman and hear about it all weekend. <laughs> <laughs> like,
2: Look, I, I, I am happy to have someone <laughs> choose scenery in a performance like this and say, you know what? My choice is to really just dig in. And and a good actor can do that in a way that's over the top and ridiculous, but also still um, real. If that makes any sense, and it's yeah. just fun. I, yeah. That's the thing for me. It was just really fun. Like my
1: fa- some of my favorite moments of the show was just like Thatcher just chewing the scene. So. Hard.
0: I mean i loved it i mean honestly like even though like some people have said it's a very like you know i think um kevin was saying that he thought it was quite a left-wing portrayal and very unflattering to her which i agree with but the nostalgia was so big i mean my dad and i were like what's up with each other saying we're getting high off the fumes of seeing blessed margaret on screen again <laughs> am i the
2: only one so that kind we of saw thatcher came out okay in all this like I mean, like they had they they had moments, where, like I said, they, they didn't really show her having any support and and but I don't know it. it they also kind of like, you know, she was the Iron Lady. She was um, I don't know. It seemed like they they made her a very admirable character for the show. I don't think they maybe went into
1: some of the stuff that some of her critics would maybe call her out on more thoroughly. Right. right
0: anything else on the, the crown boys and girls will you watch the next season or will you give it a miss because it's gonna take in diana and the death
2: i'll watch it but yeah it's gonna be yeah, I'll, watch. I'll watch i'll
4: watch those are the
2: events yeah. i remember the most
4: yeah i, watch I gotta sure. run guys
2: goodbye Nina, thanks Rose. for hosting
4: You're welcome. i love you all love you, okay. bye. 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 Bye, everyone. you
2: goodbye.
4: Goodbye. bye everyone.
3: Goodbye. bye everyone bye bye